Um, let me just put start at oh, say fifteen. Um, so I, I was thinking about it, and is Josh McCown the best quarterback starting for a New York sports team this week? That, that, that's intriguing. I mean, Eli Manning has been great, and Buffalo, what is their court? You, you might be right. Former high school football coach Josh McCown, the best of, the, of a bad list of NFL quarterbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Week 10 edition of the My Fantasy Fix DFS Football Podcast. My name is Bennett Carroll, joined, as always, by Skeeter Robinson. Skeeter, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, thinking about how we're going to uh, talk about on the show. I didn't, I wasn't exactly thinking that we we're going to have a Josh McCallum debate, but uh, I think you might be onto something because Eli hasn't been good. McCallum looked pretty decent in the preseason as well. I know it's preseason, but he's been a serviceable guy before. And now with uh, Sam Darnell out, I think he might be a viable play this week. Look, I'm not one for arbitrary lists, but he is a top three Chicago Bears quarterback of the last 10 years. Well, that's maybe not solid number three, I think, if I had to rank your first two. Uh, Well, I'd put it depends on if you like longevity or incredible legs, because it's it's Jay Cutler and Mitch Trubisky are one, two, and you can put them however you want. Yeah, I think that's fair. Also tells you how bad the Bears QB situation. <laughs> I'd say this is the last decade, but you could stretch this out about 30 years and be about the same three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into it. Let's start with the week that had to come, finally came last week. Duke Johnson did a thing, and uh, now he's going to do a, try to do a thing against the team that lets everyone do things, and that is the Atlanta Falcons, notoriously bad against the running back. What do you uh what do you see out of this Cleveland running back situation? Um it's gonna be funny that we're gonna go from Duke Johnson where nobody knows what to do, and then they get rid of Hugh Jackson, and all of a sudden, hey, nine catches on nine targets for 78 yards and two scores, and now he gets the ultimate dream matchup against the Falcons, who haven't stopped pass catching running backs in two years. Oh, he's only forty seven hundred on DraftKings. Like he's going to trend towards chalk. But I don't think he's going to quite be there because I think there's a lot of values around there. There's a lot of running back plays this week, so this might not be a week where we're desperate for running back value. But the contrarian play here is, what about Nick Chubb at 5,500? I mean, he got 22 touches last week, looked pretty good, scored. 5,500, nobody's going to want to pay for, you know, an extra, what is it, $800 more for him where – whereas Duke Johnson's the pass catching running back. I don't know. This is an intriguing situation. Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's the fact that if, if Chubb had three like even three targets, I'd I'd say yeah, totally cuz you want you know what you're going to get when you're facing that defense. Uh the fact that he only got the one target for and he caught that one target to his credit, but I'm just not sure. The the 22 carries is amazing and that helps a lot, but I think I don't know if I could go up for, for Nick Chubb for someone I'm just as unsure about. Yeah, and I think there's other plays there, but I'm, I'm just saying in tournaments, you know, nobody's going to pay 5500 for Nick Chubb. They're going to, I mean, they'll probably pay 100 less for Tevin Coleman. Everybody's going to play Duke Johnson. I'm just saying 
if you want to play the low ownership play, I don't think a guy getting 20 plus touches at 5,500, who's going to probably be less than 5% owned in a 52 over under is a horrible idea. All right, let's take uh, those two guys and we'll combine their, their prices. And it's only about what a thousand more 800 more than Todd Gurley who finally had the quote unquote uh, underperforming week, only 19.9 points. So only two X last week or uh, just, I think just under two X, but just above. Oh, just above. Excuse me. Uh, What is your interest in him at home against Seattle this week? I don't know, which is, I know not, I'm still debating about this one because when I look at his game logs, his second worst per carry average all year was against Seattle, only three and a half yards per carry. He saved the week with four catches and three touchdowns total. So that's kind of how he saved his week. I mean, the problem is when I look right below him, Melvin Gordon is 400 cheaper. In in theory, you'd want to just take Gurley for 400 more, but Melvin Gordon gets the Raiders, and I think we all remember what we saw in the Raiders on Thursday night a week ago, and that team looks like they've given up. I This might be the right spot to go back to Gurley, but I'm not sure it's a cash game play. I mean, I know the volume's going to be there, but Seattle's kind of held him in check before. They've seen Gurley enough. I think there's a narrative that you don't have to lock Gurley into your lineup. What are your thoughts on this? Because I'm... I'm kind of debating what to do with him right now. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think an average person starting a lineup is going to start with Todd Gurley and Duke Johnson, which is what I'm looking at right now. You still get over 5K per player uh, for the rest of the roster. I just feel like Seattle is such a – like Seattle's defense is looking really good, but they are such a different team on the road. Um it is Fair. insane that the loss of of home field advantage they have. So I I'm fine with playing them in tournaments. I it's tough to play someone. At, I I don't know. I in a cash game I agree with you, but for tournaments I I think you can load them up. No, that's a fair point with Seattle away from home. I mean they have such that huge advantage with the twelfth man. I'm trying to look up Seattle's uh, yearly. Um... Okay, so Seattle's get up 114, 115 yards a game, so maybe that's not as good as I thought. I don't know. I mean, I like both Gurley and and Gordon. There's some other running backs I like. Like, there's just a lot of a lot of running backs going on here, and this just feels like a week that you don't have to play Todd Gurley. By no means do you is it a bad play if you do. I just don't know if it's one that you really have to play. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I think you made that point about Melvin Gordon. I think I agree. You get probably, even if you're playing uh, Seattle on the road, not at home, it's still, I'd rather play Oakland at home than home against Seattle right now. Um, but let's jump to uh, a different position, a position, actually same position, sorry, and the return from an injury. Leonard Fournette apparently set to make his return uh, I am worried about saying his name too often because it might get his hamstring <laughs> to act up. Um, but are you interested in low flow this week? I will pass. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait for the Leonard Fournette whisperer, Michael Waldo, to tell me whether or not I should be on him or not. But I mean, the guy's only playing two games all year. He's coming off the hamstring injury. He seems to have a little bit of an injury history. 
do they, I mean, I know they don't trust Blake Bortles, so it would be weird for them just to give the ball to Fournette 25 times off, off an injury, but they might feel like they have to. The talent is greater than the price at 6,300, but I just tend to, when a guy's coming off an injury, I tend to stay away for the most part, especially in a week where, again, there are so many options at running back. And this Jacksonville team, they feel like they're on the, like the precipice of just kind of falling apart. Maybe the bye week came at a perfect time for them. I just don't see it. I think, personally, I'd rather pay 500 more for David Johnson against the Chiefs. Or, if I really have confidence, pay 600 less for Adrian Peterson against the Bucks. But, for me, I just don't see myself playing Fournette this week. Yeah, when it's when it's coming back from an injury like a like a break or a sprain or something, I'm I'm fine playing them. When you come back from a hamstring where it could be a hundred percent no problem, and you you push up a little bit too hard and it's terrible and you're out for three weeks again, I just I can't play him this week. Honestly, it's tough to play him any week, um, just because that's that hamstring has been a problem his entire career. But you meant to mention David Johnson. Let's jump to that game: Arizona at KC. Uh, obviously you're going to load up with, with Kansas city players. Um, cause they have, I, th- I think I read it was the number one quarterback, the number one receiver and the number five running back and the number one, two or three tight end in fantasy this year. So a good, a good little squad on offense. Uh, but going against them, the Arizona Cardinals, any interest in playing anyone from that team? Yes. Um, Kansas city, what I'm going to be there. Here's what I want to try to figure out throughout the week is what does Patrick Peterson do? I mean, I'm assuming he'll shell Tyreek Hill. And the closest comparison I can think of is, is Marquise Goodwin. I don't think Goodwin's really put up huge games against Patrick Peterson in the recent past. So if Sammy Watkins is out too, I think he was uh, out of practice today as we record this on Wednesday. If he's out, then this just makes a ton of sense for Peterson to shadow Hill and Basically, maybe this is a Travis Kelsey game, or because Arizona can't stop the run, just give it to Kareem Hunt. As far as the Arizona side goes, I mean, David Johnson at 6,800 feels a little expensive, but man, is this matchup right? And we saw, and we did, see, you know, if Leftwich will use Johnson on the passing game, we saw Duke Johnson uh, catch nine passes against him a week ago. You would hope that he would be smart enough to realize that maybe we all get David Johnson involved. And then Josh Rosen at 4,800, I mean, in a week where there's a lot of, you know, really good plays, and I'm not convinced there's a standout QB play, I don't think punting with Josh Rosen, who ought to be throwing for at least three quarters of this game, is necessarily the worst play. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. Would you feel comfortable stacking Rosen and Johnson together? I don't think it's the worst play. I mean, you're almost guaranteeing yourself all the Arizona touchdowns, how many ever there are of that group. But, you know, the Chiefs' defense still isn't uh, overly great. But unfortunately for me, I just don't know how much I can trust the Arizona offense. So it's a tournament play only, but it's a cheap stack that if you really wanted to, you could you could stack that Johnson and Rosen basically have your pick of whoever else you wanted this, this uh, week. Yeah, let's 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 jump to wide receivers. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be in some trouble. AJ Green's going to be out. Obviously, Tyler Boyd Boyd's been exciting, but who else is going to be catching passes for this Bengals squad with Adriel Jeremiah out? Well, so we're going to have Tyler Boyd, who's probably going to get the Marshawn Lattimore treatment. 
So I would assume this opens up for John Ross, who is fully practicing. I mean, he's their first-round pick from a year ago. You would think at some point he's got to step up, you know, and justify that role. You know, this will be an, this will be a real curious one to um, listen to the Fantastic Show Saturday morning on SiriusXM because Dan Claskins, James Adams are located in Cincinnati. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see what their take on John Ross is and what they feel like his situation is. But at 3,900, I think he's a, I think he's a very nice flyer. Maybe the sneaky play in this game, assuming that he comes back, is Gio, Gio Bernard at 4,500. Saints are a pretty good run defense. We kind of even saw them limit Gurley a little bit last week. I don't know what they are against pass-catching running backs. And Gio makes a return. We saw him being quite productive in the pass game when he was healthy and without Mixon. I can see them going right back to Gio Bernard you know, in some sort of time split with uh, Mixon being the more productive one. All right. Put me down for Alex Erickson to go. I'll say 3x, which would be 10.2 points. Okay, you know what? I When I was on two weeks ago with Dan and James, I asked about this because this was the week where uh, Ross was out. They were playing Tampa Bay, so I was trying to figure out, okay, who is this value? You know, who's the value play? Is it Alex Erickson? And they both were like, eh, he's more of a special teams type of guy. Because I wanted to be on Erickson. In fact, I think we even talked about it on that podcast yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I think so. But they just they were they were pretty adamant that he's just not a real receiving option. Well, because well, I would love to play the third. I mean, the matchup is great here. The opportunity should be there. I just they were so down on it. It gave me enough concern because, and you know, it could be Cody Core potentially. I think that's the one they mentioned was probably slightly more likely, but they weren't really intrigued by it. So. Maybe that's a question you throw at them on Saturday morning. I actually, this is actually, I think, the first time in uh, probably months that I'm not working that show. I'm actually off oh. Saturday. Oh. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll call in. We'll see. Um, let me put this one out because I actually, I remember talking about that and I was reading up about it. He's a slot guy, but because it was John Ross out, he actually started outside and Tyler Boyd took the slot. But I think because Tyler Boyd becomes the number one, he might slide in there. And if he can play out of the slot, it completely will change how he's targeted. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I mean, I know we're taping this, but as we're, as we're uh, discussing this, I'm going to send a tweet to Dan, James, and even other James, James Rapine, who also works for Fantastics. I'm going to ask him what their thoughts on, you know, if, if there is a third receiver that's going to step up with, with AJ Green out. All right. Yeah. I would say I'm, I'm kind of. I this definitely isn't influenced by the fact that he's on my uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Staff League team, which is <laughs> it's it's a, it's a ridiculous. Wait, wait, what? Why you have Alex Erickson on your staff league? It team? is a sixteen-team league with three flex spots and a you, large bench. It is do get, disgusting. Do you get return yardage? No. <laughs> I just, I think I had someone else who was hurt and I needed to pick someone up and he was the top, like, oh, he might be good. And I heard someone talk. It might've been the podcast actually, right after we had the podcast, I think I picked him up oh, and so he's I'm just been one. sitting. I think I'm playing him this week because of buys. So it's fine. Um, I don't think I'm going to win that league, but <laughs> let's, let's stick at wide receiver and jump to another team. Green Bay Packers uh, had a little bit of an injury but we've got the, I think, season-long return 
of the three named wonder, the new law firm, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And he is $5,000. What is your interest in, in, in the law firm, too? Wow, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is going to be uh, suing us for well, that. It's, it's uh... the two. It's the number two. Don't worry. He, they have one fewer partner. Oh, that is true. I mean, but don't they have two three-person law firms in Equinamia St. Brown? Or I don't know if I'd call that a law firm. I'd call that just a, a wild name. <laughs> Equinamia right, St. Yeah. Brown, the, the, the only fun fact I have about him is Equinemius is the most normal name in his family. Because his brothers are named Osiris and Amon-Ra. That is awesome. Yeah, so Equinemius is the most normal name in the family. <laughs> well, I think they're all awesome names, personally. Yeah. But, oh, uh, yeah, for sure. But um, For me, with all this scaling, you know, it, I was watching that game Sunday night, and I, I swore he did nothing in the first half, and then all of a sudden, he catches a couple bombs, and before you know it, oh, he's got three catches for 101 yards. Um, I'm blanking on the Miami cornerback, uh, Xavier Howard. You would think that he's probably be on Devonte Adams. I know Adams is pretty matchup proof, but that might limit Adams a little bit. So I think Valdez Scantling at five thousand is a tremendous value in this game because I'm still not convinced that Green Bay is going to run the ball, even though you can run it a lot on Miami. But this almost seems like this could be a get healthy, get back on track game, which Green Bay desperately needs. So for me, Valdez Scanley at 5,000 is in play. Um, even Cobb at 4,900, who I thought they were kind of working, trying to work out. I mean, he really hasn't done anything outside of that week one uh, game, which you and I will never talk about on this program <laughs> was it, again. Was there, was there a, you know, week one was actually Rosh Hashanah. I didn't, I didn't watch. Was there football week one? I don't remember. There was. Uh, I just I didn't was have busy. to catch the Packer game that, I, that week. I was busy the whole day. I don't. You. I don't think there was a football game. I, let's just forget uh, it. No. Oh. Okay. Well. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you were watching the White Sox too. I'm sure at the time. Uh, mm, no, I think they were. No, it would have been a Sunday. Yeah, they wouldn't write the end of the season. I don't know. I guess I probably would have watched it, or at least had the the notifications going about it. But yeah, let's forget week one. That's not important. Yes. So uh, outside of that meaningless week one, Randall Cobb has done absolutely nothing. So I think Valdez Scantling is definitely the play here if you don't want to pay it for Devontae Adams. And again, he's their speedster, and I I I think he's the number two receiver in Green Bay now. Yeah, I think he's definitely shown he can take that step forward. Cobb it just feels like he, even when he's been healthy, it feels like he's just been. Not himself. He had that touchdown week one that we won't talk about, but that was because three guys around him fell over. That wasn't because he made some incredible play. Um, but yeah, beyond that, he really hasn't done anything to really impress me. I he feels like he shouldn't be this old. Let me check. How old is Randall Cobb? Um, it's loading up now. My twit, my Google's being a little bit slower than like he's twenty eight. You could have told me he was thirty five. Like he, is, I he feels, was he's an old, 30. yeah, he is an old 28. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it is he just, uh, like, <laughs> you know, I just, I'd rather trust the new toy, always trust the new toy. Right. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's, uh, MVS for me. Yeah. And again, I mean, I just keep going back to the off season or preseason where Green Bay was, was looking to trade Cobb, and his production just isn't there, and we've seen Valdez Scantling step up. So, for me, that's the play, and 
I know people might go to Cobb because he's the better name value, but no thank you. I think Valdez Scanling is a true, legit number two receiver on his team. Which is scary, but I, I think definitely true. Um, let's go to a, a game that I confuses the hell out of me. I don't know how to pl- how to play it. Uh, Washington, Tampa Bay, uh, the matchup of a number one pick and a number one education. Uh, <laughs> Alex Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I know like that. I have no idea how to how to target this game. I, I I'm with you. Um, <laughs> I mean, starting quarterback. I mean, Fitzpatrick at fifty nine hundred. He's uh, he's getting up there. Like, can you really pay fifty nine for Fitzpatrick when you have Rivers at six thousand against the Raiders or Tom Brady at six thousand? Like, that's I think that's gonna be a hurdle for a lot of people. Like, even the, even the biggest Fitzmagic fans are gonna look at that and say, "Oh man, that's that's tough." Or even going down a hundred get Dalton against New Orleans with New Orleans legendary pass defense. I think I think Dalton might be a trap without I, AJ. Oh, I think so as well, but I think people are going to see that green 32nd and see they can save $100. It, it, yeah, it's a fair point. I'm actually sure. Yeah, I don't think Dalton's going to be he'll be medium owned, but I don't think he'll be anything uh terribly great. Yeah, I don't this game confuses me because I want a piece somewhere of this game. I don't know if it's tight end. Like, I know we keep waiting for the Jordan Reed breakout game, and gosh, I mean, Tampa Bay has been horrific against the tight end all year. Uh, Jordan Reed limited on Wednesday. That's not a surprise. <laughs> uh, water is wet. <laughs> uh, to his credit, he's been very healthy this year, but it, it, was, but wet. Was... it was wet, not if. Right, but I will say this: if he, if for whatever reason he misses, Vernon Davis at twenty hundred will almost become an auto play for me. See, that's a, that's a savings. See, I just feel like that that Vernon Davis play that used to be a thing, and he, albeit he had a good a good game last week, five catches on seven targets for sixty two. I just feel like it hasn't. It, like that's been the the call all. The last couple of years, but like last year, I felt like he did a little bit. This year, he's done diddly. Like I just don't that I I don't know if I'd play that play. He you want to talk about also a guy that's old. I mean, Vernon Davis was like a veteran on Mike Singletary's offense in in San Francisco. He's thirty four. Um, so like I just I don't know. I'm I'm off Vernon Davis. I think. Well, or or should we? I mean, he did see season-high snaps, I think 46. Paul Richardson's out for the year. Crowder is still questionable. We don't know when he's coming back. Like, literally, their receivers are Josh Doxson, Mo Harris. Mo Harris, superstar Mo Harris. Yes. I mean, the other guys are, what, Brian Quick? Is that Michael Floyd or uh, Malcolm? Michael Floyd. Do you know if he oh, was with There you go. Yeah. And he knew. Jamie Chesson, like... Vernon Davis literally might be the fourth best option on this team, especially if Chris Thompson misses again. Um, I know he's not Capri Bibbs, baby. Come on, you mean, mean that Capri Bibbs random touchdown? Why? I mean, that's the thing is this is such a great matchup for Washington because Tampa Bay hasn't stopped anybody, hasn't even tried to stop anybody. But who's the guy? Like, are we kind of running to Adrian Peterson, old man hitting a wall in November stage? 
do we really want to play Alex Smith this year? I mean, somebody's going to go off in this game. I think I think if you can hit the right Washington player, you might you're going to be, do really well in GPP. I just haven't narrowed it down yet. And again, without Jordan Reed missing to create the value on Vernon Davis, I think people will chase Mo Harris. Maybe and maybe he should with double digit targets. Well, people want to pay. I mean, Josh Doxson, forty three hundred seems like a pretty good price. Like, I don't know. I th- I think there's some dart throws here, but good luck trying to figure out who the one is. All right, I, I'm going to spring this on you because I, I I actually just thought of it and I think it is a, a fun fun exercise. All right, dart throw of dart throws, uh, under three thousand dollars, so twenty nine hundred or less player that will. Go off's a little extreme, but who will have, we'll say, at least 2x. So you need at least a touchdown from someone, basically. I've got mine already picked out. Uh, I can talk about him if you want me to, and while you get some time to look at it. Uh, go for it. I already have one name in mind, but uh, All right. I'll, I'll see if we agree on it. Indianapolis Colts tight end, Mo Alley Cox. Oh, DC no. basketball legend. Never played college football, played basketball for VCU. A-10 superstar, got to watch him play basketball a bunch. He's great. Last game, only was targeted once, but did the most with it. Caught it for a 26-yard touchdown. He cost absolutely nothing, and that was with Jack Doyle being back. Uh, he can get one ends at one red zone target uh, and get you, get you six points at $2,500. Oh, man. I wrote... <laughs> you said you went to UMass? No, went to VCU. Obviously, yeah, because I had to look that up. Like when I saw the touchdown, I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Yeah, well, it's, we literally, I literally, I saw it pop up on Twitter and went, Mo Ali Cox, that Mo Ali Cox. Like there could be another Mo Ali Cox who plays sports, but yeah, never played uh, college football. Was I honestly felt like he was at VCU for about eleven years. Uh, was really good in college, and then just got an opportunity. And is making the most of it. He's been getting targets every game. He's been catching a pass every now and then. Yeah, he's been targeted at least once the last each of the last four weeks, uh, and has caught uh, at least one, has caught one pass every week. We don't need to spend five minutes on him, but I, if you're going like I need the bottom of the barrel, give me five points. Mo Ali Cox is my pick. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um. So I can't go back to my guy, Michael Roberts, who I went last week. Who Absolutely go to Michael Roberts. Grand total of 2.2 points. <laughs> uh, look, if uh, you're willing to put your your name, you stamp your name on him, go right ahead. I, I No, no, I did last week. And, well, hey, he didn't give me zero, which at the tight end is probably not the worst uh, decision. So unless you want to play Seattle Seahawks, uh, whack-a-mole with Ed Dixon or Nick Vanette, who had eight targets last week. Um, oh, man, Nick Vanette. That one game he had that was amazing, right? Was it him? No, no, it was. Which of the two was it? Disley. Oh, it was Disley, right. Okay, but now he's out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, this is this is, this is is really funny. It would be even funnier if it wasn't how I was actually thinking. <laughs> um, there was another one, like, week one is like, Dis- who's, who's who, Disley? Like, who is Will Disley? Why does he have four S's in his last name? And he, did he catch two touchdowns in that game too? That was yeah. Was I think he, I think it was either week one or week two. He had a with I think between the two he had three touchdowns. That's right. Yeah. Double sick of this for one week. Oh oh, 
the sickest. Um, all right, is there anything else you've got? Um, do you like revenge game narratives? I've got one revenge game narrative. It's not going to go off for about three weeks. I really don't like it, except for when there was like the player was actually pissed. Uh, so the only one I have that I'm targeting is the Des Bryant revenge game. I'm gonna be that week. I'll be playing Des Bryant in 100% of my lineups, even if he hasn't taken a snap for the Saints yet. Uh, but generally, no. Yeah, Sean Payton's the type of coach who will do it too. Only yeah, that and like the if you recall when he got got cut or whatever, he was walking out going like, "I'll go, I'll see you guys twice a year," intending to go sign the NFC East. So like, well, I don't think he's got that that fire in his chest. Well, I don't think Dallas is making the playoffs, so uh, I don't think they'll see it. <laughs> um, I actually have two revenge game plays. Uh, one's Deion Lewis against the Patriots. Ooh, that's true. 4,600. I mean, he looked pretty good against Dallas Monday night. Like, he, and he's out snapping Derrick Henry, like, four to three or three to one, four to one. But he's actually put up 20 plus points both past two games. He's still sub 5K. I would assume that, it's, you know, maybe he's the pivot off Duke Johnson. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a hot take, give a hot take. All right. Since uh, even if you want to believe in revenge games, since Drew Bledsoe, New England revenge games have not been a thing because generally, if players are cut by the team, they're legitimately not good anymore. And if they are any good, there's an understanding as to why they're not with the team anymore. I think he was a free agent, so he wasn't cut. Right. Okay. Fine. Well, not brought back, but same. same right thing like you know what i mean like yeah generally there's an understanding as to why a player is not being brought like it's not a if a, for a revenge game i need like actual hate with the player that's why i was i was talking about the des one but all right so dion's one i like it um it's weird yeah. there are people going like oh uh tennessee could keep this one close and i'm just like can they question at tennessee i mean New England's kind of been a little vulnerable on the road or I mean, they lost at Detroit. They kind of screwed around with Buffalo for a while. Bears were up there with them, if, except for a block punt and pick six. Or, and, a, uh, and a yard short because Kevin White sucks. Um... Okay, so here's my <laughs> other revenge game play. Who, By the way, this is his second revenge game of the year. The first time he played a former team, uh, he went four for 129 in a score, including the opening play of the game. He took it 75 yards for a touchdown. And I believe this guy does uh, like the revenge game narrative. At 4,900, he let people down last week. I give you Deshaun Jackson against Washington. Ooh. Oh, that's true. And uh, he's a good buddy of Ryan Fitzpatrick's this year, too, isn't he? He's been yeah, except last uh, week. That didn't, that didn't right, la- well, last week didn't work out for anyone. It, it, last week was an odd week for Fitz. Uh, but, yeah. Uh yeah, that's an interesting one. I like that a lot. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to start changing a couple of lineups. See, like that's a good one where it's like you know he's got something in his mind that's like I hate these teams. He's just right. he's that kind of guy. So like, yeah, I I feel that one. That's definitely an interesting one. I, have I pitched to you my uh, my uh, revenge game site? No, it's a website where you can look up any game. And it'd tell you every random player who it's a revenge game. So I think the the best one I had was uh, when it was Jacksonville versus the Jets. It was the Tommy Bohannon revenge game. Oh, no. And that's all I wanted. It's just weird, 
weird revenge games. Did John Kuhn ever get to play against Green Bay when he was with the Saints? I'd like to I'd like to imagine he did once, right? I would think. Oh, by the way, um, since he's played for many teams too, it was also Josh McCown revenge game. Uh, I well, I feel like Josh McCown revenge game is a lot like Wade Phillips revenge game, where it's just, <laughs> it's every week. He was with him at some point, right? Like he Will definitely. Cornell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a few kickers in the league. Um. What else? I I had some really weird revenge game, and now I'm struggling to find it. Dang. Ah, uh, what was it? I like weird revenge games. Um Yeah, just like just the real like just to make kind of almost a joke out of the, the revenge game narrative of it being a thing. Uh whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, as soon as we end this podcast, you'll think of I'm it. I'm gonna so. think of it and I will edit this and yell the name in about three <laughs> seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the list and I'll see the other. So this is a great podcast uh, radio, right? <laughs> yeah, this here. is this is this is for the perfect sound for the ears. Exactly what people are looking for. Um, no, all right, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, should be should be a good week. Do you have anything else, uh, or are you? No, there, there was one more point. I want to go back to London for another reason. Maybe not to play him is Jacksonville did trade for Carlos Hyde. Like they're not. Trade high just for one week, were they? I mean, you figure that this might be a committee approach to ease Fournette back in, so I think it's just another reason why I don't want him at 6,300. Yeah, I mean, they could have made the trade because they're idiots, too. Uh, like, I hate to <laughs> well, make the, I hate to be like, that's the thing, but like, you know, so wait, are you, are you saying Hugh Jackson actually won a trade? No, I'm just saying someone else lost it. <laughs> no, that's, uh... Right, like that—that's a good point. Yeah. Um. God, it's gonna—it's gonna haunt me for the rest of my life if I can't figure out who this was. Um. Nope, not him. All right, whatever. Not important. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Like no, like I said, this is gonna this is gonna haunt me. But all right. Uh. If nothing else, uh, that's gonna do it. Thank you for tuning in to the week ten. My Fantasy Fix DFS Football Podcast. My name oh, is Oh, you, you know what? We, we forgot one more thing before we end. I mean, because we joked about it. We forgot to celebrate at the start of the show. I mean, we had the, we had the life, we had our lifelong uh, drama finally come oh, to an end on Sunday. Yes, the greatest moment in football history. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Julio Jones has the same amount of touchdowns as Traquan Smith this season. Do you believe in miracles? Yes, it happened. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Uh, I was in a bar with a bunch of Redskins fans last weekend, and when Josh Norman pulled him down, I lost it. I was furious, and then he caught the touchdown like three or four plays later, and I was like, this is how football is meant to be. Take By the way, uh, Traquan Smith has three touchdowns this year. Oh, sorry. Uh, Julio Jones has two fewer touchdowns than Traquan Smith this season. <laughs> I apologize. That sometimes that happens. Uh, no, how no, could I forget? No, I, th- I think that to sum this up, Julio Jones has the same amount of touchdowns as Mo Alley Cox. Oh, that's that's the stat. I'm gonna have to tweet that out. I'll be honest with you. That's that's an all timer. Uh, all right, I'm gonna tweet that one out. Um, yeah, I am just scrolling through names trying to figure out who the hell I was thinking of. I got nothing. Okay, but yeah, uh, Julio Jones. 
Mo Ali Cox, clearly equivalent skill levels based purely on touchdown catch. Oh, Terrell Pryor. That's it. Terrell Pryor revenge game. I don't know why that just popped into my head, but yeah, Terrell Pryor revenge game for Buffalo uh, against the Jets. I predict him to do absolutely nothing because it's the Buffalo offense. But if he was to do something, this would be the week. So wait, so so far we have a, a Josh McCown, Deion Lewis, Deshaun Jackson, Terrell Pryor revenge game narrative. We have, well, here's the thing: you have the Josh McCown and Terrell Pryor head-to-head revenge game. And Terrell Pryor might end up taking snaps at quarterback. We don't know. They're in trouble at quarterback already. So you could get it both ways. Hmm. Can you imagine if they name him? uh, Can you imagine if they say we're going to get Pryor some snaps at quarterback? (laughs) I can absolutely. $3,000 player in the history of DraftKings. Oh, I could absolutely imagine it. Have you seen what their quarterback situation is? (laughs) Matt Barkley's their backup. He's been there for eight days. <laughs> oh, by the way, how did I? How did we not just lock in the Bears defense last week? I mean, in hindsight, I mean, I played him a little bit, but I was like, Bears against Nathan Peterman. We should have known there was at least one defensive score coming. Yeah, I, I, I'll. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't played the Bears defense in about three weeks uh, in DFS, which is basically a sin. Uh, I might be disowned by my family. But I'd rather go a thousand cheaper and get a little bit less. Obviously, this past week it didn't work because they got two defensive touchdowns, three sacks, a couple picks, a fumble recovery, all that. But generally, I'd rather go a little teensy bit cheaper and uh, and get someone a little bit less expensive. So you would hear the Phil Backert school of uh, choosing defenses. Yeah, I well, it's, that's kind of how I do season long. Is I'm I'm. Going, whoever's got to give me the hot hand for a week that's not going to be expensive. I actually drafted the Bears defense a little earlier than because I'm I'm usually with them like third or fourth to last round just just for that for the reason of you know all the sacks and you know it's actually turned out to be a good play so it might be something I might have to experiment with more in the future. Yeah, well, I say season long it's different. I've I have a couple. I normally stream. This is the first time in history, and I hope Jeff Radcliffe isn't listening. But I did actually keep them through their bye week too. Um, but yeah, that's the, in season long they've been dynamite. I just in weekly, I daily, I rather, I, I'd rather not worry about it. Yeah. But, all right, uh, that's going to do it. My name is Bennett Carroll uh, for Skeeter Robinson. Thank you for listening to the Week Ten My Fantasy Fix DFS Football Podcast. Good luck this week. <laughs>